Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls One Book Podcast. My name is Hannah and I am joined by the lovely Rhiannon today. Um, we are going to do a quick run through of some of our reads that we've done in the last few weeks. It's a short stories episode so we'll try and be spoiler free as much as possible. Um, it will just be our brief thoughts and feelings. We... It will. <laughs> yes, we're going to kick off with... Um, a book that we both read. It is called You Have a Friend in 10A and it's by Maggie Shipstead. We were kindly gifted this by, off the top of my head, I've not got it written down. Was it Penguin? Um, yeah, it's Doubleday. Right. That's their, uh, I think, which is an imprint of, isn't it? Yeah. One of one of the many imprints of Penguin Random House. Yeah. I get a bit lost and confused with these different subsidiary publishers within yeah. publishers but yeah um yeah they kindly gifted it to us after seeing that we had loved great circle which we did yeah this was a a slightly different kettle of fish wasn't it yeah um it's a collection of short stories um not written for specifically this book when i dove into it i realized that they've been kind of published through the last decade in various yeah. publications and this is the first time they've been gathered into the format of a short stories collection so yeah it's really um evolution of maggie shipstead as a writer foraying yeah. into fiction she was a travel writer originally and can you can see her evolution as a as a fiction writer throughout these short stories yeah which i think it's always an interesting thing to be able to see in in like a short period of time the the different ways i don't know when when i was reading i was wondering how chronological they were yeah. or I, I i don't know about that yeah um but there were definitely for me there, there were a couple that i didn't uh vibe with a, a lot that i did yeah um so her writing is is brilliant um i know that we've said like her travel writing in particular like the her ability to be able to drop you into whatever location yeah which i guess is really important in a short story because you need to be able to sort of pick up on on that straight away don't you because there's no no time yeah um so i i really enjoyed that side of things yeah even the writing of the characters, I think I, I picked up on that a little bit more with this than I did with Great Circle, because with Great yeah. Circle, you had so much time to get to know those characters. But even with this one, within two, three pages, I felt like I really knew who I was reading about. Yeah. She's got a real great ability to just kind of in the blink of an eye, build this little world and drop you into it. Um, I really, really love her writing. I think she's incredible. Yeah. Um, interestingly yeah. I think the two that I specifically said I really enjoyed <laughs> were two of the ones that you didn't necessarily love which I... um if I, I'm if I'm being honest with you Hannah those are the two that I didn't finish <laughs> <laughs> it... um yeah there were a couple in here that I just I, cu- I couldn't I couldn't get into and it, I think it was more it was more my headspace thing right. rather than a critique of, of the book right I, I, I guess I'll get into this in in the episode today that I've I've been struggling with my physical reading in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the reading that I've done 
has actually been via audio this month. Um, and I, yeah, I, I've, my patience has been wearing thin for actual physical reading <laughs> i don't know why um so yeah i think there was just but I, that was one of the beauty that's one of the beauties of, of reading short stories like you don't feel like you have to slog through something yeah um to like get to the good part you know if so if something's not quite right for you in that moment just put it aside it's it's not the end of the world i might come back to it when i'm feeling a little bit more yeah back into reading um and really love it that's but some of these stories i i did really like i really liked that i could sort of uh connect with those characters even in that short period of time yeah um and like you said the character writing is really is really a great achievement i think they're not very likable characters most of them no um but they were certainly intriguing characters yeah I think that's one of the things that it said on the back of it was it's the the daring and the damaged, the characters that she mm. writes about. So she definitely, in yeah. this, has kind of leaned towards the darker sides of people's personalities and those things that they don't necessarily want to talk about all the time, which I, is yeah. obviously what I love. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I I really loved it. I think I'd, I would recommend it to anybody that hasn't read Maggie Shipstead and those that did and loved great circle yeah yeah it's great yeah i i'm i am looking forward to whatever comes next Mm -hmm. hopefully something will come soonish right but great circle took her ages to write didn't it so yeah maybe this was just the little the little stopgap to keep us going until the next one (laughs) yeah exactly um okay yeah it was good so there you go Perfect. Well, my um, first book that I read without Rhiannon uh, is another little dinky book. It's On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. And I've had this on my shelf for so long. I think I was gifted it in a, maybe in a random act of kindness last yeah. year sometime. Um, it's a very pretty little book. And it's the, the um, what are they called? The little pull quotes on the back of it. There's one from Max Porter who wrote Grief is the Thing with Feathers, which I loved. So I was uh, like, right, this yeah. I need I need to have. Um, it's written as a letter from a Vietnamese-American man in his 20s to his mother who can't read. She doesn't speak very good English, but she can't read at all. Um, he's basically, through the book, beginning to pour out his heart about himself and certain parts of his life that she knows nothing about his relationships his friendships his struggles with addiction and there's a kind of safety that he feels in knowing that she will never read this that makes it feel really honest and deep and just beautifully written okay I was I was thinking um and Aaron about whether or not it's something that you would enjoy because I know that you've really enjoyed reading about like Vietnamese culture and those sides of things. Yeah. And I do think you'd like it. It's quite lyrical. I've read some reviews that called it pretentious in the way that it's written. Right. So I don't know whether okay. that might put you off. I didn't get pretension from it. I got um almost like a working out process. Right, okay partly from the author and partly from the narrator there's moments where he almost corrects himself and and realizes that he's got a little bit more freedom on this page to say something so he changes 
the way that he's expressing himself. Um, okay. It's only little, so I think it's worth a shot if you wanted to pick yeah. it up. It's 200 and something pages. I've read it in a day. I think it's one you'd you'd like. Yeah, I've got it, I have it. It's on my shelf. Okay. Um, I I got given it in uh, a, a random act of kindness as well this year. I think Patty um gave it gave it to me. Um, so it is it it is on my shelf for when I fancy like a little shorter um book. So yeah, it's it's on my radar. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll get to it at some point this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice because it kind of flicks backwards and forwards between him and his experiences and also him learning about his mother's experience, his grandmother's experience and how they ended up getting to America and and him having the life he has today. So those little snippets where it was learning about these women and the choices that they were forced to make. um, Right. That was another interesting little, little kind of sideline. And to, and to read that viewed through his eyes, a lot of what he learned, he learned as a young child, nine, eight, nine, ten, eleven years. So yeah, it was an interesting kind of perspective to see that from. Um, I really okay. enjoyed it. Yeah, nice, cool. Okay, so uh, my first one that I'm going to talk about on on my own is one that I'm kind of nervous to talk about because like I love it so much, um, and anyone who's sort of followed our Instagram over the past couple of weeks has seen me banging on about it incessantly <laughs> on practically any opportunity to. So that's The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller, who um, it was uh, long listed for the Women's Prize. And that's kind of why I picked it up. There are a couple that I've I've read this month that were um, long listed. And this was one of them. I've had it on my shelf for donkeys and just finally got around to it. And oh my God, I loved it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just the most beautiful book. Um, It's the story of Elle Bishop, who is happily married, uh, mother. Um, They go on holiday to this uh, place called the Paper Palace, which is sort of a, basically a, a rundown summer camp off Cape Cod I think it is yeah the backwoods of Cape Cod um where her family has spent every summer for generations so they basically go go to this uh holiday camp every every year and the following um story is a will they won't they love story where her relationship with a childhood friend Jonas is sort of called into question um so yeah it's it's just this most amazing story it's so vivid vividly sort of painted um the immersion levels were crawdads-esque yeah um the style of writing as well quite similar It, it was I've definitely seen some reviews saying that it was a little bit pretentious and wordy, um, but I loved it. It was the perfect amount of pretension, in in my opinion, <laughs> if if that's what it is. Um, but yeah, it's basically like a, a 24 hours book. 
then told through like a, a back and forth timeline. Okay. So something happens between her and her childhood friend Jonas in the present day. Right. Um, this is all in on the blurb. Um, and then we go back and forth in the sort of coming of age type way. And yeah. Okay. It's uh, morally a bit grey at times. Um, she's had some pretty horrific things happen to her along the way. There's probably a boatload of trigger warnings that need to need to be be there um but yeah it was just amazing i listened to the audiobook as well and it was it was really beautifully read um by the narrator uh and to be honest i think it ruined reading for me <laughs> because everything else i've just been like comparing to that so i've definitely had a big book hangover this month after after listening to this one um and i just think i want to listen to it again <laughs> i can remember you messaging me when you'd finished it saying you have yeah. to read this book you'd yeah. love it and i do yeah. intend to pick it up so that's yeah maybe that will be i'm still very very be i'm successful so far in my book buying ban i've bought one book yeah. each month and maybe this might be my june book well maybe maybe listen to it as well because the audiobook was really good okay so if you've got any audible credits or whatever then then maybe go for that because yeah i i would recommend the the audiobook okay um it was really beautifully beautifully read and she had a really like nice quality to her voice which probably helped it was yeah. just very like Ooh. um <laughs> yeah really really loved it um and yeah it's it's really made me struggle with reading anything else <laughs> so <laughs> it's the good and the bad there um highly recommend i haven't done it anywhere near enough justice with my stupid ramblings but it was great <laughs> must read okay will do i will cool um so my next one i i'm not going to say much about because we discussed it on the last short stories episode um because you had read it um, and I got round to, to reading it because I know that you had pre-ordered This is Run, Rose, Run, the Dolly Parton and James Pat Patterson uh, book. Um, and you'd pre-ordered it, hadn't you? Because yes. you're a mad Dolly fan. <laughs> I wanted to read it um, and I saw that the publisher's Century were giving away... They had a bunch of proofs that, for whatever reason, they'd not given. Um, so I was just like, oh, hey, could I could I have one if you've got any left? Um, so they sent it to me. So I did read this after finishing The Paper Palace um, and after you'd told me what, it, what the vibe was of it. Because I know you were disappointed by the fact that it wasn't like a cutthroat thriller. It was definitely on the twee side, bit yeah chick lit chilled read absolute cheese fest <laughs> it was a cheese fest and uh it was exactly the kind of thing that i wanted to read yeah so i think i really enjoyed it i loved the short little chapters i found it really easy to like get in get into i think it was a com the complete opposite of the paper palace <laughs> yeah um and i think that's what i needed for me it was the right right book at the right time yeah so i'm glad that you gave me the warning 
So I'm, I'm glad that I knew what what it was going into it. Yeah. Um, for sure. But yeah, I think if you go in knowing that it's yeah cheese fest, like Hannah says, then you, you won't be disappointed. But if you think it's going to be literary genius uh, with a thriller edge, then you probably will be mightily disappointed (laughs) yeah i honestly i do think that that was my problem is that had i known and probably i should have known so more fool me but had i known that it was going to be like (laughs) yeah 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 just cheesy little kind of chiclet Mm. vibes i would have picked it up at the point that i needed that and i probably would have loved it i think i just yeah i was misled by by james patterson's name but yeah i I, just i wouldn't have said it was a bad book it's just not what i was expecting no, I think, yeah, it is it is one of those things that sometimes that's the kind of book you need. Um, and actually, my next book is in a similar vein. I can't remember when I read this. It was a while ago, and I literally read it in a day. Um, so my next one, I, I won't say much about it at all, but it was the, Par- the Paris Connection by Lorraine Brown, which I think it was it was called something else when it first appeared like on bookstagram i think it was called like uncoupling or something along those lines but anyway it's the paris connection um and this was just a little bit of chick lit rom-com very very easy read it was like reading an episode of emily in paris but without the fashion okay <laughs> And I think a lot of us probably, I, I love Emily in Paris. I absolutely adore that trash. Um, but that's mainly for the fashion, I think. Yeah. So I think I gave this book three stars. It was absolutely fine. It wasn't badly written. It was cheesy and charming and completely predictable. But again, it was a nice, light, easy read on a day that I fancied a nice, light, easy read. Yeah. So if that's what you want, yeah, it's not going to blow your socks off, but it, it did the job that I wanted it to do. Yeah. So yeah, nothing to write home about. I can't speak about it, gush about it for 10 minutes or anything, but <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. The Paper Palace has got a lot to answer for because we're going to have yeah, to just it... stop doing the podcast because it's just going to be, oh, it wasn't as yeah. good as the Paper Palace. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I've got another one to talk about, haven't I, next? Mm-hmm. So I've, I've not written my review for this one yet um i haven't quite formulated my thoughts on it Uh, but this was another one on the long list for the women's prize um and i'd seen uh our friend flo review it i'd I'd had it before then i can't remember whose review i saw but i saw a review on it ages ago and it was a really rave review and i thought that sounds like a really interesting book so i got hold of it um, and then just hadn't got around to reading it. And I had to drive to London and back this week. Um, and I was gonna, I was basically driving in, in rush hour both, both times. Oh, no. It took me like five hours each way. Um, but it meant that I listened to the whole of this book. So it's Careless by Kirsty Capes. And I really enjoyed it. So again, this was, this was an audio book. Most of the reading that I've done and enjoyed has been audiobooks um recently so that's good I've yeah I've been making use of I've been making use of my driving time well a couple of these books have just been 
exactly exactly what I hoped they would be uh, and I can see why this is be this was on the long list as well it was a really interesting premise it's kind of young adult and it's the story of Bess who is a uh, teenager who has spent her life in foster care she's in a slightly weird foster care situation in that she's been with her foster family for many many years right um they've not adopted her and there's some chat in this about whether they've whether she's in their family because they get a financial incentive okay to keep her there so there's quite a lot of elements talking about the like the care system in the UK which I found really interesting it's not really an area that I've ever read about and I certainly don't know about it from my own personal perspective either um so that was really really interesting that was a big tick from me I liked I liked that um but then Bess gets pregnant um as a 15 year old okay. and it's basically the sh- the story charting her her pregnancy and what goes right what goes wrong etc etc there's again there's definitely uh trigger warnings in this which you can't really give away without um i can't really say without massive spoilers yeah so um it's one of those kind of go into with caution okay um but it was really it was a really amazing coming of age book again i think i'm really quite into coming of age stuff actually yeah i seem to be drawn to those kind of stories at the moment um but it was yeah a great a great little book it was quite short i mean i listened to it in one (laughs) one go so um it's like 300 pages uh but again it was a good uh narration as well yeah um yeah, a really interesting, interesting subject done pretty well, uh, and I think it's an important subject for the young adult market to tackle as well, to so that people know more about that side of things, the teenage pregnancies and care. And it's popped up on my radar a little bit, and I think I've read a, b- um, a bit about the author, and I think she was a a care leaver so she was in care right. at some point through her life in the foster care system as well so i think right to have that actual personal experience and be able yeah. to share that with a young adult audience i think is really special and if she's done it yeah. well enough to be listed for the women's prize for fiction yeah. then that's pretty great so yeah i'm gonna stick it on my list for sure yeah yeah again a good audiobook so cool if you want <laughs> well, I'm flying to Dublin on Tuesday, so maybe I need something to listen to on the flight. That might be. I'm yeah. going with Alex, but we're sitting in separate seats. Like, I'm not sitting anywhere near him <laughs> on the flight, so. <laughs> Fair enough. My next one is a young adult novel, actually. And I think, similar to you, I feel like I've had a bit of a reading slump this month. I don't mm. know what it is. I've found it really hard mm-hmm. to really immerse myself and concentrate and, and actually sit down and take the time. Um, yeah same so I consciously picked up a young adult book because I thought that's in the past that's helped it's been able like to ease me back into it this one is The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon and I was gifted this one in the random acts of kindness that we did maybe last month the month before um super pretty book it's got like a Mm. 
bright yellow and pink and orange kind of jazzy thing going on on the front and the the line on the back says it's the story of a girl a boy and the universe so doesn't necessarily give away a lot on the back we learn that it's about Natasha and Daniel who are teenagers living in New York City Natasha is from a Jamaican family who are living undocumented in the US all of this is on the blurb so it's not a spoiler she's about to be deported back to Jamaica um, Daniel is a Korean-American boy whose family has a shop in New York City. He's got parents who expect a lot from him. And it's basically the story of their fateful meeting in New York on one day. And I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It was super easy to read, short chapters to the point like some of them were just a page long quickly jumped between perspectives from Natasha to Daniel there was moments where we saw the same events happening from both of their perspectives which I always appreciate and I enjoy that in a book and also little moments where we heard the voices of other characters within the book so we also got perspectives from their families from other people who would prove to be important in their meeting um it was a really interesting take on a kind of teenage romance that I really liked. Um, okay. It was thought-provoking. The idea of fate and how you don't have control over anything that happens. And, yeah, the idea of... It sounds cheesy to say, but things happening for a reason. I think mm. it's it's quite an, a freeing perspective to have yeah. to kind of go whatever is going to happen will happen regardless of what we do about it and accepting it and being able to take that situation for what it is I think it was a really refreshing and heartfelt heartwarming little story I really oh, liked it nice and they were both really cool. likable characters I think there was a concern when I started it that like they were gonna come across as a little bit like not pretentious, but I have a teenage son and they think they know everything. <laughs> and yeah. I was a little bit worried that I was going to read these opinions of teenage boys and girls who think they know everything. But it was it was really wholesome and and lovely. I'd recommend nice. it. Yeah. Cool. Some kind of deeper themes as well, like identity within a different race. They were a biracial couple and the the idea of I mean deportation is on the back of the of the book it's it's tackles some deeper subjects as well which which was interesting okay cool um well I'm on to my I'm on to my last couple now mm-hmm. um and having said that the paper palace has ruined reading for me this month actually it's really not because most of the books I've talked about I've I've actually really liked. There's just a few that I've I've been trying to read and I've been struggling to get through. So I'm sure we'll talk about those in a future in a future episode. But the ones that I've completed, I have actually really enjoyed. So the next one, it was another audiobook. Can you tell I've been driving a lot? <laughs> but this one was uh, Wahala by Nikki May. So I think all of all of these are debut novels, I think um the paper palace definitely is yeah care yeah they're all debut novels which is mad 
Um, and this one is contemporary fiction story of a friendship between three women with a like thrillery type twist. Okay. Um, so I'm not gonna sort of I'm not gonna say what the twist is because obviously that would be madness. Uh, but the book itself is the the three main characters are oh my goodness i've so we've we've got ronke simi and boo um ronke strikes me as a stand-up gal they're all like mid-30s got their life semi-sorted i mean they're, they're pretty much at exactly the same point in our in their lives as we are so right. the point where you're meant to have your shit together but <laughs> then quite often everything goes awry and boy does it go awry for these guys and um, but ronko is great simi was fine boo i literally hated <laughs> oh my god i've never i've never wanted to smack a character in the face so much <laughs> simi and boo are definitely a lot more morally um I, I don't know whether grey is the right word. I don't mind a character who... I don't mind someone who makes mistakes. I don't... That that doesn't bother me at all. But what I cannot... I just cannot stand someone who doesn't own up to their own... Yeah. Negatives. And Boo was just the most pathetic little thing i just every time so it's told from their di three different perspectives and every time there was something like from her i would just wanted to throttle her <laughs> um but that's a, a brilliant writing because uh, like she really made me feel <laughs> yeah um and i'm i'm not someone who gets easily like emotional either in a negative or positive way particularly so to get me really riled up about something uh you've got to really gone for it so yeah props to to nikki for being able to do that <laughs> for prodding um, you so hard <laughs> oh my goodness yeah really anyway if you if you read this then you'll understand what i mean but Anyway, besides the point, so the, the th they're three mixed-race um, friends who I think they became friends in university because they were mixed-race. They were uh, all half Nigerian. Um, so there's so many uh, rich Nigerian references in this and the mm -hmm. race uh, conversations that I haven't really considered the mixed-race side of things before so that discussion um and everything sort of came that came from that i found really interesting yeah they befriend another woman called uh, isabel who's an interesting character to say the least um and that's when things in their friendship start to go a little bit pear-shaped um and yeah lots of lots of stuff happens uh, because because Isabel has uh, ingratiated herself with their little threesome okay um but yeah it was it was great it was a really really entertaining read it was one of those that I just wanted to stay in my car to keep listening okay 
to it. So yeah, it was great. It was really good. Um, and this was the book that I listened to straight after the Paper Palace, actually. So it was a tough act to follow. It was a completely different kind of read, which again, I think it was important for me to to have. Yeah. Um, and the narration again was very good and there were lots of accents in this one lots of accents so she did a stellar job getting all of the various because there was uh there was a french guy there was uh isabel's got this like weird american twang there's nigerian accents in there there was a yorkshire accent booze from yorkshire oh god (laughs) um yeah, it was yeah, it was it was impressive her range. So cool. yeah, again, I highly recommend it. I I really enjoyed it. Nice. So well, I don't know what I I was talking rubbish. <laughs> I've had a, actually yeah. had a really good reading month, but only the ones that I'm talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> and then my final one, which I, again I'm not going to say much about because you've spoken about it uh, more at length and uh, probably said much better things than I could say um is crying in H Mart so I read this this was one of my physical reads that actually went down quite well and I managed to um managed to enjoy it <laughs> uh so crying in H Mart by Michelle Zauner and yeah it was it was a cracking little memoir I really enjoyed it uh I didn't cry because you know it's me <laughs> but I did enjoy it and actually I think it was um was it Helen I, I was saying uh, that it made her really hungry and it definitely made me really hungry. Yeah. Like all of the descriptions, I just wanted to go out and have like an amazing Korean meal. Yeah. It's made me want to go and like try all of the food that she talked about. Um, but yeah, really fascinating. I love hearing about different people's familial relationships and uh, yeah, being able to look back on things with hindsight. Yeah. Um, yeah. A really interesting little memoir. It's made me want to read more foodie memoirs because I think that's a thing at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I want to read Jessie Ware's because um, I love Table, Table Manners, Manners yeah. and yeah, so I quite fancy picking up her book because I've never read I've never read a foodie memoir before, yeah. but it is difficult to read when you're hungry. <laughs> so yeah always have a supply of snacks with you (laughs) i think food has such like a it's one of those it's the kind of sensory thing isn't it that it can take you back to a memory so vividly yeah the idea of what you ate where and what exactly what it tasted like and i think it's it's an interesting thing to kind of link that with a memoir so i'd be i'd be up for for reading more food foodie books yeah cool um well i'm going to finish on Two, I might as well talk about them together, two little non-fiction books, one of which was gifted to me by the author very kindly and the other one I bought and had on my shelf for Donkey's Years. So it's they're both by Laura Bates, her original book Men Who Hate Women and her newest one, Fix the System, Not the Women. Oh, I don't know what to say about these books. I did say to Alex, before we came to record, I kind of went, I don't really know how to talk about them without just getting angry, but also I need to express how important they are to read. Okay. And it's it's such a weird thing to say. Like, none of it was enjoyable to read at all. 
it was all absolutely petrifying. <laughs> but right. But I I think education about any topic is incredibly important and if we don't educate ourselves we can't change, we can't advocate for change. Um Yeah. So she, Laura Bates is a feminist writer. She's um a non-fiction writer obviously. The first book that I read was Men Who Hate Women which goes very in-depth into subcultures of this world called the manosphere which is a world which I knew nothing about it's started as a online community of men and young young boys men older men as a space for them to share ideas and opinions some of which are just like stupid opinions and some of which are downright dangerous opinions and Mm. the scary thing is the idea that with this being an online world and an online community the tendency is to kind of think of it as something which is not real but increasingly the the behavior and the danger that they pose not just to women but to men as well Mm. um in real life terms in terms of like mass shootings particularly in america so many of of these in recent years the younger guys that have committed these crimes when they dig into their online lives they're parts of these groups that just talk about tormenting women and a, a superior race it's very closely linked with white supremacy and it's absolutely petrifying i said i think i wrote in my review as a as a parent the chapters where they talk about like how they get them really really young particularly through Mm. online gaming i know my kids play games online and they're it's communities that you don't know all of these people there's acronyms Mm. and codes and stuff that if i didn't educate myself on this i would not know if my children were being falling prey to these people grooming them essentially um It's so, so scary. Um, The newest book, which is as good, but a little easier to read. It's a little bit smaller, shorter, not such information heavy. Um, Talks about the system that we live in, which is not 100% geared against women, but there are definitely elements where it's geared to keep women down. I think I popped a little a little bookmark in um, where it says it was to do with a guy who'd been accused of beating his wife in a car park, basically, um, smashed her head against a BMW. He was ordered to pay his ex-wife £150 compensation and ordered to pay the owner of the BMW £818. So even within the court system, a woman is seen as less than less value than somebody's property that's a car and it's those Mm. kind of things that if you don't see them written down on the page it's it's not as easy to I don't know acknowledge the problem that it is that it's it's ingrained so far into society that it's kind of our job to change it (laughs) yeah definitely the only way of changing it is by learning about it and making yourself realize what's going on isn't it? Yeah. even if it makes for uncomfortable reading yeah i've got um uh, a book the authority gap 
if you if you got that one i don't it's on my list it on but list? it's on your list yeah so i'm gonna tr- hopefully try and read that over it was on my pile to read for this month but i'm not sure i'm gonna get to it but i'm gonna read it over the next couple of weeks for sure yeah um so yeah similar sort of vibes yeah. i think with just yeah knowing how the system is geared yeah I feel like I don't want to end it on like a feminist rant with my fist in the air. I think it's important <laughs> to say also that she very much details how dangerous this is for men as well. For men yeah. and young boys, the system is geared against them as well. The the mental yeah. health problems that young men suffer from and and because of the society that we've built, they don't feel like yeah. they can say that or that they can voice their feelings and it's as dangerous to them as it is to women it just needs to be called out. I think one of the really interesting facts was when she she details the definition of terrorism within UK law and American law and some of the acts that have been done in the name of this male supremacy mantra, they fit absolutely the the, de- yeah. the description of terrorism acts. But they are... They, I think I read there'd only been one case of a guy who'd been tried for an act of terrorism when it's absolutely so clear that it is it's terrorism and in the same way that you would be concerned about young men being groomed by terrorist organizations this happens and it's just not seen as important because the community that they're terrorizing is women and that's not seen as important um so yeah sorry for my little rant but it's really an important book to read it will make you angry (laughs) but education is really important <laughs> and it could Just literally save lives so yeah that's us done uh we've got i don't know what we're doing our next episode on no we never do do we we've got like just no. we just kind of pick it out of a hat at this point <laughs> we're winging it <laughs> <laughs> um but something will happen i'm sure um, in the next couple of weeks but this has been great I've enjoyed saying nice things about a few books that I really enjoyed yep same so go and read them and let us know what you thought of them are we right I think we're right <laughs> we usually are yeah <laughs> we're usually right yeah cool alright well we'll speak at you all later have a really good couple of weeks thanks for listening bye Bye, Bob. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls, One Book podcast. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all, all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls, One Book Pod. So come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.